Back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend Jim. Hello, everyone. My good friend Oren Ronan. Good evening, even though it's morning here. You're throwing off my vibe. My friend DV is back. <laughs> Welcome back to my dark and twisted soul. <laughs> my good friend Turbo C. Hello. And uh, this, I think, this is it, folks. The final, the final chapter. We did it. We beat the game. We won. Sure did. We are, we have, we are the third. We're third place for best Fata Morgana players <laughs> in the world. Come see our speed run at AGDQ. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I call this the pathos skip when you turn the text on auto scroll, and then anyway. So what? What? What the hell happened here? When we last left our hero. Michel was incorporeal and found himself in front of the white-haired girl, and the white-haired girl was holding a sword. She offers him a sword and says that she wants him to extinguish her soul, because all of this is her fault. And then he says, well, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's how it ends, but, um, but the white-haired girl explains what she is, finally, after all this, and... We can talk. Well, uh, let me let me say what it was, and then then I want to hear whether you felt this was satisfying or not. So the white haired mm-hmm. girl is a is sort of a split personality um, and sort of a separate person from Morgana. She is Morgana's ideal saint self, and that Morgana sort of like split away from from her real self because she she hated being a saint actually, and um, but because the white haired girl is a part of Morgana. Um, when Morgana died and, and then wished, wished for what she wished for, wished to continue, the white-haired girl also conti- wanted to continue. And, um, and so she, she wished, she, when Morgana's wish was granted, her wish was granted also to live. And she was incarnated. And, um, and that's, and, and then at this point she says, um, so that's why you, if you kill me, then I'll, It'll, everything will be better. I'll go away, and Morgana can be whole again. And uh, I said no the maximum amount of times that you can say no because this was. I was like, this can't be the answer to this question. I think it's satisfying. I mean, I like it. She she also didn't gain form until Michelle died, because that that's when that part of Morgana that was like that part of Morgana that like floated in the void as a soul. So Michelle sacrificed, and then that made her finally like take form and something that looks like Michelle, and she also called herself Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a breaking point for Morgana. Like at this point, like this, this is finally the real fundamental change in what the character has been. And I don't know if it's super satisfying to have a split, but it's you know it is like a, it is a fundamental change. Yeah, yeah it, it it also makes sense from like the point of view from the, of the character of Morgana herself, who is we now understand is only her spiteful parts. Yeah, and none of her good parts. Yeah, and I mean that that matches with like how we saw her when she was about to die, you know, talking to herself. One was uh a lot more spiteful of a person, and one was more the pure version that she saw in herself so yeah and so the white hair girl says that 
when if she's killed, then Morgana's soul will be whole when she dies. Um, it's like the angel on your shoulder came to say, "Oh yeah, kill me now. I'm the good one." I don't know. I feel like the act of killing her is just an odd metaphor for this because I definitely took it more like now they're going to be merged back together into one person. Right. Oh yeah, that's what's going to happen, definitely. Right, yeah. and so for the way for that to be accomplished is the white-haired girl being stabbed with a sword and dying is very strange. Like, to, like it seems more like they should just... I kind of expected them to, like, meet each other and merge together rather than, like, destroying one of them. Doesn't that, like, though, always happen in, like, anime stuff? Yeah. So you're kind of screwed there, right? I mean, it's like, you know... If you want to live this turn. The only thing that doesn't completely fit is um, she's supposed to be only all about self-sacrifice and not hating anyone, being good. That doesn't really fit with what she did in the first chapter, where she came to a dimension to kill Mel. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, well, the the character actually commented about that, and and it it just, like, she, she got over that really quickly. Like, Mel didn't have to do a lot to convince her not to kill him. After all, I was gonna say maybe it's like a maybe that's really a help to Mel if you think about it. I mean, he's, he had it rough, but and also in bringing up the the idea of of, of this being a trope, it not only one hundred percent would be a trope if they just merged back together. There's a TV tropes page that is very popular about the split personality merge. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like it's like a little cliche if you do it that way. So just for the sake of. From you from know. the the white haired girl's perspective, though, because she was like, "I can't do it to myself. I need you to do it." She shouldn't have said, "I need you to kill me." She should be like, "Oh, here's this magic merging sword that will." <laughs> she does. She does. It's going to take a me. very long time until they're completely merged. It's not going to be instant, like yeah. in an instant. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> no, and then no, and he's. Like and like, which half would be the one that would need to be stabbed with a sword? Seems more like the Morgana half. I don't know how to resolve it, but like, it it definitely like struck me as like, oh, we're gonna like destroy the white haired girl, and she's supposed to be like all the good things about Morgana. But I don't think she is all the good things about Morgana. I think she's like the standards that Morgana held herself to. Yeah, she's Morgana's idolized vision of herself. Yeah, I don't think they're saying she's the good part. She's she's the part that that's also you you can't have just that part, and just the self sacrifice and um, then not criticizing anything and that's not a good character to be either. And then the the white hair girl. I mean, I think because she does want to kill Mel in the beginning. It does link her more to Morgana, right? Like, it all, it does sort of link to, like, this was Morgana. I, I guess I also wish that it had been a little bit more, more, a little bit more of an implication that Morgana was willing this to happen, because I feel like there is, like, uh, like one of the themes of this is that, like, Morgana ha- wants to forgive these people and wants to move on, but doesn't know how, and, um doesn't know how to move forward or what the right thing is to do. And the the white hair girl's actions kind of also reflect that as to like, you know, the white hair girl is how she wishes that she could be, like she if everything had gone better. I, I don't know about it. I mean, look at what happened to the white girl to the white haired girl in the second and third chapter, especially the third one with Jacopo. 
Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out either. Well, we all couldn't understand why why she doesn't do anything. She just lets it happen to her. Um, yeah, her fundamental weaknesses are evident there, yeah. So the white-haired girl... Yeah, the white-haired girl's not good. Like, she's not... She doesn't have the correct perspective. Oh, no. And neither does Morgana. She's not a fully formed person. She's just, you know... And especially, like, being this idealized version of someone, what you think is your best self is rarely that, because you're not a human being. You're, you're That's not a human being. It's just... It's just this... this thing that will... That can't interact with other people, because those multi-aspected... Um, uh, parts of you is what what makes you able to sort of engage with people. This you know the, this white hair girl really can't on a fundamental level. It's why communication is so bad because she really do, you know she's not able to like you know understand every part of someone else. So you can't communicate with. So I guess I just like what is what is the true metaphor of the white haired girl versus Morgana? Like so if the white haired girl's like Morgana's the part of her that's the part the person she tried to be or the person she felt she was expected to be that basically like screwed everything up for her because she she tried to be that person and it was unrealistic and then the white haired girl actually is that person and it doesn't work out for her because she's not a full person well and also more the the evil quote unquote morgana's wish and her wish to be alive merged so it was just going to be despair all around i don't know i don't think there's a it it feels almost a little bit like a plot point to explain why morgana was as um continuously angry as she was was because she was missing this half Mm. and it and like them merging back is like to explain why she was suddenly able to shift so easily even though i I don't think i mean i don't know i don't like that as much yeah i I feel like morgana wanted to fix the situation but she didn't know how like she she knew that the situation she's in is bad but like she's gone she's gone too far because the first thing she's worried about when this all comes back is whether they it's she's like saying to michelle like much later like they're not going to forgive me though yeah, but I think she only started like w- wanting to um, get it over with now that she knows what actually happened after Michelle showed her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think before that she was she's all about like keeping on torturing them. Yeah, I I don't know. I I wonder. I feel like if you I wonder if you would go back. I think there's a, another read of Morgana where like this is all that she like because there's also I think a part of her that feels like this is appropriate like because of what they did like this this has to keep happening because it to not do this would be to like let them off the hook for what they did and and so she's like stuck yeah and she maintains that she doesn't completely let it go like she thinks that their punishment was just even while she's feeling there's an element of her guilt in that it's gone on for so long but she also thinks that the all three of these people needed to be punished for what they did, which, you know, I mean, I think that's a pretty honest reading of what happened here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Morgana even says later that she says, I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive them, but I think this has just gone on too long. Mm. I still just find it weird that Morgana didn't know that the who the white-haired girl was. Like, she didn't know anything about her. Or, you know, there's, there's just, like, something, there's, like, some pieces missing in this for me in terms of, like, the 
the the relationship as a metaphor for Morgana and her character story. I think she really thought it was Michelle, the reincarnation yeah. of Michelle. It made sense. And and Morgana's mm. sort of idealization of uh, like of Michelle feeding into that image of the person that she created as her ideal self. And yeah, and Morgana looked up to Michelle, and so did. Ghost Morgana, the white-haired girl, also looked up to Michelle, which is why she looks the way she does. So, like, them being, like, connected like that also, it's sort of, it's just, I think that they're more connected than they know that they are. Yeah, because, like, the split doesn't happen until after. So, Morgana, you know, obviously dies in the original timeline, ends up connected to the mansion, encounters Michelle... And that split doesn't happen until after the whole thing, the whole situation goes on with Michelle. No, the, the split itself happened right when she died. She, so the split happened, okay, and then yeah. she doesn't know but, Michelle when she splits. But wait, but, she, but the reincarnation of her exactly. the white-haired white girl, girl saw Michelle. is after she's encountered Michelle. Yeah, she, she, yeah. she split, but, but the, dumb, the dumbest split, that part of her is just like a floating soul or something yeah. that doesn't have a form. Mm. And after right. Michelle dies and she saves Michelle's self-sacrifice, then she gets Michelle's form and reincarnates sure. into the yeah. first three chapters. So the white-haired girl, she says, please kill me and also just please, please remember me. And uh, and so we, Michelle takes the sword and stabs her and then she dematerializes and now we're in the tower and Morgana's there. Now Morgana's here for real. It's new Morgana. Yeah. It's, it's new Morgana too. She's here. She's reacting with disbelief to the situation. She's obvious, obviously. She's very upset now that she knows the truth, especially that she was wrong about Jacopo. Yeah, she's even like, uh, you come here to make fun of me? I tortured the wrong person for centuries. And Michelle's yeah. like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm just like, we just need to move forward. And, and he's like, you've cursed yourself along with everyone else. Gotta let them, gotta release them. And, uh, Morgana also reacts to not knowing who the white haired girl was. And she didn't realize the white haired girl was her, was her own, was herself. And, uh, Michelle just hugs her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just freaking out and he just he just hugs her. And uh and when he he pulls her hood back and her face is healed. Aw. Not the arm though. No, not the arm. Not the arm, yeah, well. Look, the the haunted miracle juice only works so much. That's in the lake. <laughs> it's like, remember when we didn't do that part of the storyline? You guys didn't go get the arm back, so nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, there was a choice. I guess we could have, <laughs> we could have gone back. Then Rintaro comes in, <laughs> to like, wait, I got this. <laughs> Probably a lot easier to do in the realm of the dead than in real life with time. Hmm. Um, so, uh, Michelle's like, you, you have to, you have to release them, release the the three the three lads, and uh, Morgana's like, you, I want you to come with me. Um, cause she's, she's afraid of what's gonna happen. Um, you know, she says they won't, you know, they're not gonna, they're gonna be mad. They're not gonna forgive me. And, uh, and Michelle says, nothing that happens could possibly make things worse than they already are. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny, cause as I was playing this, I was, I was kind of wondering, like, what inspired 
the creator to 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 write this kind of story and i mean i sort of came to the idea that like you know that phrase that um someone always has it worse than you i feel like mm-hmm. the developer was just like i want to make a, a story about the worst person the person <laughs> yeah. that has the, everything go wrong with them yeah like top tier of people who that say my sweet summer child oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I hate that expression so much. I just want yeah, to throw that yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much. So, so we go visit the the three ghosts for the last time, and first we go see Mel in the garden, and he apologizes. Um, not only does he apologize to Morgana for his first life, but he also says, "Like my second life was not your fault either. This was it was my fault. I could have been better." And, um, and Morgana is, is, she, she sees, she sees him off with the, she sees all of them off with the same thing, which is like, I'll see you, it was like, see you next time in the Wheel of Fate or whatever, like. (laughs) See you later, alligator. Later, alligator. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Like sands through the hourglass, so spins the Wheel of Fate. (laughs) Yeah, just like that. Smell you later. Catch you on the flip side of fate. (laughs) (laughs) And Morgana becomes Poochie. Mel Mel seems like he kind of got it. Like he, you know, he understood what his lesson was and he was ready to go on to his next life and do better next time. And then he goes away. So that was easy. Ending nine, Morgana is taken back to her home planet. Um, so they go to the cellar, where, which is where Yukimasa is, and Morgana's like, you go first, Michelle, you're gonna, you, you go first and be my meat shield, in case he tries to kill me. And, uh, and Michelle's like, fine, whatever, so he goes in. Of course, Yukimasa doesn't try to hurt them at all, he's there, um, he, again, like, isn't great at talking, um, but for Yukimasa, Morgana, a uh, uh, like, she offers to erase him. She's like, you're a, you're a murderer, you're fucked up, you're only gonna be, you know, be a burden and, like, cause pain in people's <laughs> lives if you get back to life. So I could destroy you now, and, like, you would be gone. Is that what you want? And he's like, no. Yeah, did we cover that, that if you die in the afterlife, you just sort of get erased? I guess, yeah, this is when they, I guess, first start to kind of... Well, the white-haired girl sort of mentioned it, which was why that, like, the... Her requesting that you kill her was so weird, even though we knew it was sort of a, a re-merging. Anyways. Uh, yeah, because it made it sound like she was gone forever, not that like her particles would go mm. back to Morgana. Yeah, yeah, because she exists in Morgana, which is weird when she's like, oh, remember me, and I'll be gone, and all that stuff. But like she, something of her is still there, right? Yeah. Whereas like it seems like... When they discuss this with the the other three the, you know, the, the guys, it's yeah, like... Yeah, if you killed Yukimasa, there would not be another... Correct. I think that the whole reincarnation system of this universe doesn't really make much sense. No. Yeah, people yeah, keep reincarnation true. looking exactly the same way and usually having the same name. <laughs> and, and, and physical violence matters too. Like, what if you could stab somebody in the afterlife and they'll really, really die? I think someone would have noticed that, like, the entire population of Earth is looking the same way, like, every generation or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's metaphorical. <laughs> yeah, well. 
It's like the Wonder Woman thing where you like you go back and you find all these photos of somebody like, oh my god, they've been all throughout history. They've just the same person. Yeah. I mean also like look at Keanu Reeves, right? They have pictures of him existing <laughs> like two hundred years ago yeah, in paintings. So I don't know. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what what meme did I miss? There's a lot of there's a couple celebrities that they have like memes about online where there's like old paintings of like noble people that look really similar to them. That very much resemble, yeah. And Keanu Reeves is one of the best he's got like a very like a very symmetrical face so like mm-hmm. if you just get a painting that sort of you know projects that it looks just like him that is that's funny i never i did not hear about that meme no i am very behind the times okay so i i, I got curious in, re- in regards to this uh soul uh reincarnation thing and the estimated uh, amount of people on the earth in uh, the 11th century was about uh, 300 million. So they had a lot of souls on backlog for when they got to the 20th century. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair, yeah. Or they just had to start doubling up. Alright, you get three bodies now. <laughs> <laughs> you get new ones, but the old ones don't go away, right? That's the the idea of it, where it's like many people's first time here, but also some people's second and third time. I feel like I feel like there is some kind of rom com or something like Beetlejuice or something covered this, but yeah. Anyway, it's a very long period of time. Do you classify Beetlejuice as a rom com? Yeah. No, I don't know. Actually, I guess not. I say this as someone that only cur- vaguely knows about Beetlejuice. So it, it's like if you said the story of Bloody Mary was a, uh, a rom-com to me. <laughs> all I know is about you say his name three times. It's the whole rom-com to me. Although I guess Candyman, kind of. It's definitely not a rom-com, no. Because I heard this today because... Uh, no, I was going to say, that could be the title of this episode. It's not a rom-com to me, even though it's not really applicable to Fata Morgana, sadly. This came up on the giant bombcast today, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, definitely not. Okay, yeah, all <laughs> You're right, yeah. You mean the one that we definitely recorded uh, way before that? <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean by by today, I mean a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, happy Fourth of July, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Podcasts, by the way, that are not mine do not exist, in my opinion. So, yeah, true. Mm. So, Yukimasa doesn't want to disappear. He wants to be. He wants to pass on and be reincarnated, even though he's a murderer. Um, I can't kill more if I'm dead. Yeah. Um, so th- I it's like know. a bad gambler. Like, just let me try. My time's got to come. I know it. I'll get it this time. I mean, this is complicated, too, because I feel like... I mean, I feel like if he had been like, you're right, destroy me, then that would imply that, like, mental illness extends to one soul, which is... I mean, that's a lot. That's a bold claim. Mm. Yeah. Well, they they do sort of still go that way but the idea that it you know is only punishable by extinction er that's a tr- it's a tricky implication basically with yep. Yukimasa, you know right? yeah so um it is a difficult question to answer you really have to have like a firm stance if you wanted to say like okay well this this aspect in which he was limited by his physical body is no longer applicable to his spiritual body but how much would it affect him you know, in this case, it's like one to one. Yeah, but his soul still doesn't produce enough serotonin, so. Yeah, where like the fact that he only lived with this one type of, one type of physical body influenced like the way that his soul existed. It was that it was limited somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
by his living experience while being alive. I don't know. I there's that's how I personally would sidestep that <laughs> that implication. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then uh, they're walking. They're walking to the, the third the third boy, uh, Jack Offo, and. Um, <laughs> Michelle's like, perhaps by forgiving them, you can come to forgive yourself. And Morgana's like, would you forgive your shitty family? And he says, only if they were willing to repent, um, which which these lads have shown that they are, and that they, you know they they didn't say like that they didn't deserve their punishment. They've all said that they deserved it. And um, and then Morgana's like, hey, is Giselle with you? Because I can't sense her. And, like, I don't know if, like, that's just me or or what. And, and Michelle's like, I can't sense her either. Um, but I thought I, she was I with you. That she's, I trust that she's still here and, and she's going to come back. And Morgana's like, I hope so, because I like her. And <laughs> <laughs> Not so much you. <laughs> So now what happened after 700 years? Everybody likes Giselle the best. <laughs> well, she is. Yeah, yeah. she's kind of owns. Mm-hmm. You had to pick one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <For sure. laughs> you had, I mean, come on. <laughs> if you had to. How are the fuck the women characters in this game? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of Nelly, said no one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you remove Giselle and then say who's your favorite character, that's a tough one. Uh, I liked, um... Oh, shit. Past Maria was interesting. Yeah, Maria. The prostitute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not Pauline, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely not Pauline. Jesus. Pauline really only had that ham sandwiches line. (laughs) Pauline! Reincarnated Pauline was way better than original Pauline. Original Pauline had a lot of problems. I don't know. I liked I liked original Pauline better because like she wasn't getting in the way. It was like you know, yeah, I'm I'm here to find Bestia, and you're like, I hope you do and don't die. And meanwhile, this Pauline's like, I'm not Pauline. I'm just wasting your time on your time pressure quest to save these jerks. You know, that was that was exactly what she said. Exactly. Also, exactly. Yeah. Oh right. By by first Pauline, I mean none Pauline, and second Pauline is reincarnated Pauline. It's oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. The reincarnated one is Got okay. It. Yeah, reincarnated Pauline is is better than original. Non Pauline is annoying. I I agree. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, who was that? Um, guy that uh reincarnated Pauline talked to on the beach. Javi. Javi. Did he have an, a sprite? I can't remember. He did. Yeah, he did. Yep. That's so odd. Yeah, he wasn't anybody. Javi wasn't anybody. He was just a guy. Wait, is he the only one in the story? I think he's, he might be the only one. Like, the original the original <laughs> Lord didn't have a sprite. Morgana's mom didn't have a sprite. But Javi has a sprite. Wow. Nobody else in Michelle's family has a sprite except for the, the three brothers. <laughs> Heck, nobody else in the mansion has a sprite except for the three brothers. Then, yeah, we don't see a picture yeah. of of Michelle's mom ever. Wow. Give me that Javi uh, prequel. Yeah, <laughs> where's Javi? How does Javi fit into all this? Javi owns. Javi is the, the breakout star of Fata Morgana. He was good. 
was the only reasonable person in that whole chapter. Can I also say, as I was <laughs> trying to think of his name before I asked that question, I, all I kept coming up with was Jeff, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> if he was English, that would... He would be Jeff. God. <laughs> It was like the most American response we could possibly have. <laughs> like, uh, what's his name there? One of them weird fire ones. Uh, okay, we're going to call you Jeff from now on. <laughs> you Jeff. Okay, good. Finally, it's time for Jacopo. He doesn't want to just go, of course, because he's, he still loves Morgana. And, and he wants, you know, he's like, he doesn't know what to do because, like, he knows that he loves her, but, like, he knows that he also can't be forgiven for what he did. So he's just kind of hovering, like, not sure, like, waiting for her to say something one way or the other. And um, he does ask her to smile for him, which is absolutely the worst. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I can't. Like, I can't. It would be unfair for me to force myself to do this for you. And I, and I can't smile right now. And, uh, and he's like, okay. And, um. He might be more psychotic than Yukimasa. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you? First, he tells her he loves her, and he's like, give me a smile. You know, oh, come on, before you send me off into the afterlife, give me a smile. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? Get the hell out of here with that shit. Yeah, that's literally the worst thing possible, so. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and then, so then, so then he's gone. The, the the fool jingles miserably into the afterlife, and then uh, Mor- Morgana's like, Michelle, if you hadn't done what you did, I wouldn't have freed them. And then she smiles, and Michelle's kind of, he's like, I kind of wish, I kind of wish you that Jacopo could see that smile. I don't know, I kind of... <laughs> Michelle kind of wants them to get together. Make America Jacopo again. I, like, I get it. Michelle, and, like, Michelle's new to all this, so he's also kind of like, oh, wouldn't it be nice, like, if they could finally make a makeup, like, the way that me and Giselle made up after we had such a horrible start? Um, but this is a bit more extreme. But, I mean, he did try to it's kill so her, so bad. maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He led to her torturing and killing, like, horrific torturing and killing. No, you don't get, you don't get to smile, dumbass. Michelle did <laughs> stab Giselle, though, and leave her to die out in the rain. And she forgave him. Hmm. Is that we decided he didn't actually stab her physically? It was a metaphor? Was it? I kind of forget this, honestly. I don't... I, I think he didn't actually stab her with, with, the, with the knife. If he did stab her, it wasn't in the chest. It was not somewhere that would kill her. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a fatal blow if it happened, but yeah. Hmm. Why does she spend so long recovering? Still not nearly as bad as just Jocko. Nah, no. yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, it's still pretty rough. So I could see how Michelle would be like, you know, my girlfriend forgave me for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, there's there's one last stop to make. We're, we're getting ready to leave, then, with Morgana. And, and then Michelle's like, there's one last place to go. And we can also just leave, but we're not gonna leave we're gonna go see yeah, the if, team. did anyone try doing the second option i i did leave but uh we we can cover that in a bit because it's a lot of it is yeah. similar to another it, scene it's the same just the game ends sooner yeah mm-hmm. when michelle dies mm-hmm. so the painting is george and he says that he ended up there because he was he was looking for michelle after he died at the end of his life who's looking for his brother, 
and he found himself a painting and full of regret. And he talks a lot about what he should have done differently when he was alive. And um, mentions he regrets painting that uh, portrait. And he was like, all I had to do was think about it for two seconds. Um, I feel like a lot of people have brothers like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like super the picture of, of like privilege, like in the way that we really talk about it. Of like, like, no, yeah, I, I get it. You don't understand this. You, you ha- you've never had to think about it. Like, you've never had to even encounter the reality of, that someone else is experiencing, so you just don't. Mm. And, like, yeah, that's not a horrible thing to do, but it's also a shitty thing to, like, you know, put other people into bad situations because you don't take two seconds to think about what their life is. I read some comments from the author about this game, and, and the author says that he thinks that um, George is the worst character in the game. Really? He, he isn't acting maliciously. But his actions are the worst because he just doesn't care enough, like to do stuff. He's more Mel than Mel. I feel like I feel like Mel's lesson, it like more, more extreme, than, oh. is George. George, because he has access to to make so much of a change, and he's just like, nah, yeah, I, exactly. like, not even now. Nah, he doesn't even he doesn't even take the second to acknowledge that he has this stuff. He just doesn't choose to do anything. I don't want to argue with the author, but Yukimasa still does it for me. I'm yeah, sorry. I'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the, the author's point is that is that like not doing anything, even though you can, is worse than like doing stuff intentionally for whatever reason. But even if mm-hmm. like that's your point of view, Jack, the, the original Jacopo, like, come on, just unlock the door and let her out. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, ja- Jacopo also has the power and knows and chooses not to. So yeah, those two definitely rank worse. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So George knows what he he did was wrong. He can very clearly articulate it, which he does to both Michelle and Morgana, who's also there. And um, and he's like, I I need to be punished. Like I, you should just d- d- scribble all over the painting to punish me. And uh, and Michelle's like, what? That's dumb. And Morgana's like, yeah, yeah, scribble over the painting. It'll be great. <laughs> and then they're both like, yeah, scribble on the painting. <laughs> I think three months probation would be more than enough. <laughs> I mean, ooh. and uh, and Michelle like doesn't want to, but they want him to do it, so he does, and he draws um, four figures and a cat. Stick figures. He's <laughs> a very bad artist. He, he yeah. can't actually draw on it. What is actually happening is he's like sort of tracing on it, and George is actually drawing on himself. So George is just taking an extremely active role in his own punishment. He's he's having fun with this. And at first I thought, like, that's not a real punishment. And then I realized that it's just those stick figures from the back windows of people's cars. And I'm like, oh, no, that is the worst thing to put on an actual painting. <laughs> so, so who do you guys think that he drew? Because I have to drew, like, himself, his brothers, and the cat. But is the, the fourth person is Giselle, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's his it's his perception of family, which is him and her and then and then the other two brothers. And the cat. Yeah, and the cat. <laughs> and and, and George course, is and like Yeah. George is like, oh like is the, oh I see it's this is a bunch of demons and like a demon animal or something and he's like, No, that's not what it is. I just can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> And Morgana's like smiling at them, and and Michelle's like, "Wow!" 
and uh, and then they're they're walking. They take the painting off the wall and they're walking him out of the mansion with them. And Michelle laughs, and Morgana's like, "Oh my god, you just laughed!" And and he's like, "What? Do I not? Do I not laugh?" Like, is that not a thing I do? And, and they, both of them are like, no, that's not a thing you do. <laughs> and um, and Morgana has this great line uh, to Michelle where she says, I am genuinely not sure how I feel about you, the most somberly uptight man I know, telling me to lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> such it's the most somberly uptight man I know is such a good line. Yeah. And it's very descriptive, oh too. It's great. I love how shocked Michelle is that, like, because he's had so much character growth, right? And he's, like, that type of of guy who, like, he, like, how he feels now is also how he assumed he felt, like, in the past. So, so he's, like, shocked. He's like, what? I've, like, what? why wouldn't I be okay with this? <laughs> he's like, what? I, I mean, of the, the group, I'm the, I'm, like, the, the class clown character, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally not George's, who has been cracking jokes this entire time. Michelle's great. Michelle, Michelle is my second favorite character other than Giselle. <laughs> Wait, you mean the two main characters are your two favorite characters? Absolutely. Yeah, I know, they're great. I love... I, the, the, he's... I don't know. He, he reminds me of people I know in real life really bad, and I feel like that's kind of insulting. Like, I feel like if, if Giselle reminds you of someone you know, that's like a compliment, but if Michelle reminds you of someone you know, then it's like, oh, I don't want to tell him that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. George's, George's is fun. I am sad that we only get to interact with him for this brief period. I'm also I'm sad that he's the worst character, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah! What the hell? Wow, holy crap. <laughs> the mood does change when he sort of gets into the scene and like you're like, oh, yeah, he's cuz he's like he's got a very like uh, folksy way of speaking and very you know, he's sort of you know, more relaxed and and it it lightens the mood. But it's also mm-hmm. like, dude, you are a pretty big douche to be to be lightening the mood for all of us right now. Yeah, and even Morgana's like, "Hey, dude, like this is serious. Could you shut up?" <laughs> Speaking of his way of speaking, uh, I uh, sort of looked this up because we mentioned it a few times of like how the dialogue feels a bit more modern, and apparently that was an intentional choice of the uh, creator uh, when they're writing the dialogue. It was, you know, it's meant to be more uh, when they're writing the Japanese. At least it's meant to be more modern, um, so that it doesn't affect the flow. They talk about that uh, also in, in the creator commentary book that I'm reading. Um... And yeah, but I feel the translation is still, like, not always doing it the exact same way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly the same the same kind of feeling. Yeah, appar- apparently the the localization main translator uh, tried to do a similar thing, but they, they wanted to add a little bit more historical accuracy to it. So, I, I, I didn't actually watch it in English the, the last couple of chapters, but what I've seen, which is like three-fourths of the game in English, it's a very, very good translation. I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. I probably like the first chapter the, the, the best, and then it kind of went down for me a little bit. It's still a very, very good translation. It just, mm-hmm. um, it, it's always difficult like comparing directly, because I read it in Japanese and then immediately read it in, in English after that, and I noticed every single, every single bit they changed or did something a little wrong. Mm-hmm. Or a little different. Um, it's always difficult to be in this position. Um, 
I, I wrote a little bit about it on Twitter, but um, so most of the stuff that I don't like, I, I think, I think like um, the Japanese phrasing is putting an emphasis on a certain word or a certain phrase that makes me feel a certain way. And then English is a perfectly good translation, but it doesn't do the exact same thing. So I feel like it's the lesser one, um, probably just because I read Japanese first. Maybe if I read mm-hmm. it in different orders, and it would have the, the exact opposite effect. Um, hmm. But yeah, but but it's still one of the best translations I've ever seen of a visual novel. Wow, nice! And it does jump around in tone as much because in English it jumps around a lot in tone, and I assume it does the same in Japanese, right? Yeah, and and George is definitely like he speaks the same Japanese, like like a, a very modern, like um, casual style. Which is fun. I, I I actually did not mind it as much when I was reading through this time as like when Giselle says that she likes beefy boys. <laughs> I I really I hated the game face line, but other than that, you know, I yeah. was fine with it. Yeah. It it makes it more relatable, a lot of the casual language. And also it fits, because this is a, a this is a visual novel unstuck in unstuck in time. It is it is all over the place, it jumps back and forth from different time periods. This is what it's supposed to be. So like this kind of like jarring transitions are like that's part of what the author's intent is, or at least seems to be. Um, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of it fits. It's just some sometimes there are some notes that just seem like, oh, okay, whatever. But like, you know, yeah. Overall I think it's done very well. They've all been dead for hundreds of years. Like, who knows how their souls are truly, you know, t- would truly communicate to each other. So I feel like there's an element of, like, the more, like, emotionally raw, more modern uh, language that you can relate to more shows, like, that they are being, that they are relating. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them aren't actually talking in English or Japanese. They're speaking French or... Right, yeah. Like if, yeah, if you think about what they're actually speaking. Yeah. By the way, they actually released a French translation of this game, like, very recently. I kind of wonder what that's yeah. like. Yeah. Have to have to ask French speakers uh, listening to this to Psychedelic Eyeball. Yeah, literally just Ragni and Psychedelic Eyeball. Please let us know. <laughs> Go buy the game and let, play it all the way through and let us know. Yeah, if you haven't already. It's a great game. We have homework for you. The only, the only podcast that will... <laughs> here we're at the end where they're about to go out the door of the mansion leave it behind and go out into uh i mean true death right like being you know going into the light see what happens and uh and as if you because we went and talked to the painting outside the door instead of a beautiful white light are the sounds from the day Michelle died and, and there's blood and darkness and there is a horrifying ghost knight walking toward them slowly and menacingly and we get a Hell really, yes, really cool picture. Final <laughs> um, boss time. Yes, it's the final boss, Didier. And uh and and George sees him and is like, Oh, it's it's Didier, he also cursed himself, just like I did, and he's been walking around outside the mansion this whole time. I, I love George's like casual mention of this too. He's like, Oh, I forgot to mention this guy is still very murder uh, crazy right now. Yeah, and he's like I have to you know, he's saying the same stuff he did the day Michelle died, like he's like oh just like a, a murder monster. So if if you don't talk to the painting then then he kills you right now and the game ends. 
Oh, uh, really? It's, it's a, no, it's a mutual kill. It's uh, he stabs oh, right. Michelle, and then Michelle kills Didier, and it's like, oh, I freed you, Didier, even though we're both dying. He he like sort of shoes Morgana out the door. Yeah, so yeah, he gets Morgana out the door and be like, tell Giselle I, I tried, but oops, and uh, and now I'm gonna kill my brother while he kills me, and we'll we'll both pass on. Wow, I thought it would just skip this whole scene and just go to him dying. No, it goes into like, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a big thing, but it's they do a lot it. of the dialogue is the the same. And to be fair, he's a total douche. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how is Didier not the worst character? All right, go on. Sorry. <laughs> so George leaps in the way as a painting. He leaps in the way of Didier's like killing blow against Michelle, and he gets destroyed instead. I I really just pictured him just sprouting legs to jump into the way. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, so George like he he dies, I guess, or disintegrates. Um, and is like, yeah, you know, call out to him. And uh, <laughs> he's basically Clippy. He's like, I heard you were looking to kill somebody. How about me? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me, folks. Da da da. And uh, Michelle like yells at Didier really loud, and Didier still stabs him, but doesn't stab him to death. He stabs him in the side, and in doing that, he sort of comes to his senses and is like, I'm just doing this again. I. You know, I, I'm killing you. I'm killing you again. Like this, I, this is you know. And he keeps talking about like his responsibility as a knight. And Michelle keeps saying, "There's no judgment here. There's no responsibility anymore. The knights, knights aren't real anymore. We're all dead. It's over. The structures that we had when we were alive are gone." And uh, P.S. You crucified me. Yeah, Michelle's like, okay. Also, he like comes to this understanding that Didier never removed his helmet that day and never spoke because he obviously he was crying. He was freaking out under his helmet, so we couldn't take his helmet off. <laughs> I know you got crucified, but I felt so bad. <laughs> so it was a. I mean, it was, seems like it was a punishment for Didier that he had to do that. They probably, I mean, they, they would have killed him, probably. I mean, they don't go into this as much, but, like, this is what I would guess, right? Is that the Inquisition was like, either we're going to kill your whole family, or you're going to kill your brother. I don't know, Dvac. I feel like you're firmly in Camp Didier, and I'm not really sure why. I just feel like the Inquisition would not be that forgiving, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Fair. Nobody expects the Inquisition to be forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fucking Knights Templar would not be like, oh, well, I get it. He's your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, is he cool? Oh, okay. We let him <laughs> oh, if he's cool. Yeah. I can. I can vouch. I, can vouch. I mean, Didier. I, I don't know. Like, I, I obviously that was a lot, and we don't get to know that much about his what he experienced that day, right? Like how much he was caught up in being a knight, where he, you know, versus how much he was sort of backed into a corner, if he was at all. We we don't know. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. But Didier, you know, and Michelle have a moment as as they're both, like, fatally injured. And um, uh, Didier's like, I wish, you know, or Michelle's like, I always looked up to you. I always wanted to be like you. You know, not like George. No, neither of us liked that guy. But we always had, like, a mm. thing. And and Didier's like, I, you know, do we want to be brothers again in the next life? And <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, 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 we're going to wish to be brothers again. And I cried at that part. Aww. 
This was the one time I cried. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, I think the big thing here is that like, um, it it takes a second to sort of you know resonate that like you know that Didier is is, is trying it like it, like whatever the 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 vengeful ghost that that Michelle encounters here isn't vengeful because like of, of hatred. It's vengeful because he's he's felt so much guilt that it just exists as this creature of guilt. You know, this thing like I have to do my duty and like there's nothing left. And then like the the actual person like comes out and uh, Michelle's able to sort of rectify at the end magically, even though they keep talking about how much the wound, the, 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 the stomach wound is just splurting blood the whole time. Michelle's like, no, but I'm okay. So we're, we're cool. And I'll, yeah, I'll see Didier off here now. Also destroying someone in, in the afterlife. They keep talking, you know, they, they mention how you're destroyed forever, but I really don't think that's true. Because <laughs> all these people, um, you know, are like, oh no, we'll see each other again. Like, they're going to come back for sure, definitely. So, I don't know. In the, in the tilt of world of fate, we will eventually <laughs> encounter each other. <laughs> so finally, after after Didier and George are gone, uh, Michelle and Morgana open the door again together, and the title card appears and says, May the world that awaits us be filled with light. And that was, I was like, yeah, it's, it's great. And the music is happy, <laughs> and they're, they're in the light, they're in the white space. Um, the light that you go to when you die. And they hang out for a little while before they move on, because Michelle wants to wait up for Giselle to return. And w- so while they're waiting, Morgana's like, so Michelle, like, do you think when you get reincarnated again that you want to be born into a body with a penis? And he says yes, so that is so that this is allowed without being problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems like a fun like that's not how she asks it, but like that's what she's asking, and I feel that's like one hundred percent what she asks. Yes, <laughs> that's like wow. Okay, we're gonna, that's your that's your question. <laughs> You're going heavy right from the start. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, what are what are they? What are they hiding? And then they're like, we're best friends. Um, so, uh, you know, she's like, Michelle, would you be my friend in the oh, next but, but then she also asks, um, if you had a choice between that or meeting Giselle, what would you choose, right? Penis or Giselle, huh? Which oh, one? yeah. What is this, was, truth or like, dare? Like, yeah, he's like, you know, I don't even need to answer that. And he's like, why are you even asking? Yeah. Okay, you get a million dollars, but... <laughs> Morgana's just beat a little shit. Yeah, but he's telling that Morgana doesn't think it's obvious. Yeah, and uh, Morgana, Morgana asks Michelle to be her friend in the next life. Oh, and she's even like not best friend. Like, I just want to be your friend. And Michelle's like, yeah, sure, we will. We're gonna be friends. And she's like, I'll probably be a very difficult person to be friends with. And he's like, it's okay, I can handle it. <laughs> Big mood. Yeah, <laughs> I know that, yo. <laughs> <laughs> he says on the podcast with his friend. <laughs> so um Michelle so so Morgana moves on. She she passes on. She disappears into the light. And uh that's Morgana. And she tells Michelle Michelle wants to wait for Giselle, but Morgana tells him that if he waits too long then he will disappear too. Yeah. And he does. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. Oh, it just requires a shit ton of clicking before he disappears. Yeah. 
And he basically, I wish, again, I wish this was a show or an anime or something like that, because the effect of the mansion dissolving piece by piece, like, I can see, like, so clearly in my mind, like, the visual effect that it would be, that it would have been if it was, like, a, like, a Miyazaki-style, like, anime. Um, And I want it to be that so badly. (laughs) Like, you need the pacing, and there's no pacing when you are choosing to click. I think the implication is that this takes a long time, like years. Yeah, it takes a long time for the mansion to, to dissolve. And that's like a parallel. Michelle is now waiting for Dizel for a long time, like just like she waited for him before. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and finally, so so basically, Michelle like, loses his, his form, his visible form. He's invisible. Um, and finally... Giselle reappears like fully and it's her and she looks so beautiful and um and she's like oh Michelle where are you and uh and she's like I can't I can't sense you or see you know see you but I know that you're here and I'm gonna pass on and and I know that you'll she's like I believe that he'll return and take my hand again and then it seems like the credits are gonna roll but it's not the credits it's sort of the credits there's like two fake outs here, right? Yeah. So we get the first one where it's just like, here's when everyone died, just in case you weren't adding. <laughs> yeah, it shows everyone's ages and both of their dates of the both of their ages of death, which is funny. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, it just shows all the all the characters and when they died and how old they were. And then we come back. Rain kind of the Jacopo was the oldest. He got yeah. to oh yeah, he's old he, age. He, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even reincarnated male like died in like his thirties, I think, right? Yeah, like thirty-seven or something. Yeah. It was like young. Yeah, didn't it say he got uh, sick and died pretty early? Oh, that that was Nelly. Oh, yeah, Nelly definitely died at like eighteen or sixteen or something. Like she didn't make it much longer. Yeah. No, they say that Nelly got sick and and Mel didn't even come back to the house to 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 see her. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we come back. And we're in school. Um, this was this this was very foreboding to me. Like I was like, oh no, it's a regular visual novel now. <laughs> it was also a weird sequence. Like it's they don't so they don't have names for anybody. There's just descriptions. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't. So they maybe they have different names this time. Yeah. Ah, oh, the curse is broken. Yeah, we're in school. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> we're in school. It, we're Mel. Who's Mel? Mel's here. He's in school. He's a French boy in, in 2017 or whatever. His name is Flaxen-Haired Boy, excuse you. Yes, he's still got, the, he's still got that flax. Um, a word that no one has used in a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. And he is talking with his friends, and he looks out the window of his school to the street below, and he sees a girl who is Nellie. And he is like, oh, that's that girl from that other school. And he is clearly interested in her and wants to talk to her. And his friend is like, ooh. And uh, and he's like, I just want to talk to her. I just want to like, hang- I just want to see what she- what's what's up with her. And then we switch perspectives to Nellie, who is also talking to her friend and who also notices Mel. And uh, and is like, who's that? Who's that boy? And and she says to her friend that she she wants a, a prince. And uh, and so Mel and Nelly, I guess, get to fall in love now and not be related. So it's okay. 
It's uh, it still feels very right. weird. The scene. They could still be related, just not. <laughs> they don't recognize each other. Well, wait, we're not. We're going in the wrong direction here. <laughs> they could just be cousins this time. Yeah, but no. Like, why can't no? Wait, that you, like. Are you doing the don't kink shame them defense? I'm just saying, I don't know if they escaped their fate in that regard, um, but, because they do still have the same color hair, and that's why they notice each other. Look, if they want to roleplay it in there, that's fine. Just remember that episode of House where the people are, like, star-crossed lovers, and it's because they're actually half-siblings? No! I do remember that, and no, that's not a good thing. Well, that's what I think of every time I see the- I see Mel and Mel. It was still weird in there. Still very weird. Because their whole thing was that they had the same, like, very unusual color eyes, and, like, that's what I get reminded of every time they talk about, like, oh, well, that girl's the same hair color as me. Like, it's not- It's why you shouldn't be attracted to someone because they look a lot like you. That's a bad (laughs) thing. Don't do that. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Genetics are saying no. They're waving their hands over here, saying, please don't. Are you listening, Mr. President? Oh. <laughs> we have the same 23andMe profile and everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I keep connecting to people just through 23andMe. I didn't know it was going to be Oh, no. Anyway, they, it's it is it is implied that they're gonna like they're gonna go like go out for ice cream or something, and and it'll be cute. And they're yeah, they're not related this time. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, it'll be real cute. All right, that's the word. You bring up a good point. It doesn't actually say that they aren't related. <laughs> Just that they've never met. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Who can say? Um, we don't get a chance to dwell on it too much because now we Thankfully. move on um to Yukimasa. Who there's like this this building? Um, I don't remember what kind of building it is, or even 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 says it just says that he's an engineer, and he just he just got transferred to this this building, and and his new boss is like praising him a lot, and is like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that like you transferred over here, like you're such a talented engineer, and um, I feel like that's like a subtle jab that that's what Yukimasa's profession is here in the modern times <laughs> as a <laughs> as a psychopath. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got a tech startup, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, he's the ultimate engineer. Uh, certainly not written by a person who's dealt with a bunch of engineers. <laughs> yeah, who's I know. Now right? criticizing them subtly. Uh, but then, and he's like, no, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm really not that great. And and the business owner is like, oh, you Japanese, you're so humble. He's <laughs> 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 uh, such a perfectionist. Um, they're all in France, by the way. And um, I think at this point, it's more obvious that they're in France. If it wasn't obvious before. Um, and as Yukimasa is like getting praised by his boss, he like looks out the window and sees Pauline walk by the door, and he's like, "Ah!" Oh. And then we switch to Pauline, and Pauline and Maria are uh, two tourists on vacation together in France, and they're ta- Pauline wants to go to a museum, and Maria wants to go shopping, and they're like compromising on what they're going to do for their last day on vacation, and uh, and they bump into Jacopo. And he yells about tourists, and they uh, make him drop his newspaper where he was reading about the stock market. And uh, and he's still pretty insufferable. And his his uh, his hat blows off, and someone catches it and returns it to him. And what do you know? That person is Giselle, 
and he's like, hey, do we, like, know each other? And she's like, yes, from a previous life. And he's like, whatever, lady. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I feel like like, you hope that it's going to be Morgana, but it's not. We don't see Morgana. We don't know what happened to her. And uh, Giselle remembers everything. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not. Giselle definitely isn't Morgana, but, like, I just seemed they're, they're, I got confused with so many characters. Yeah, I wasn't sure like we were if we were like if it was transitioning by following the person that was just introduced or if it was like just cutting to a different scene. So I I got confused a little bit of being like, okay, so there's there's two girls and then there's yes. this other one and then, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, there's too many guys. One of them has to be George's. So, so I think Giselle says to Jacopo, like, I hope you meet her, like, or something like that, um, talking about Morgana. Because I thought that she was Morgana for a second, and then I was like, oh, no, she's talking about Morgana. Yeah, they 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 asked, uh, Jacopo, I think he's asked if they, they, like, know someone in common or something like that. Oh, and yeah. And Giselle is like, yes, and maybe one day you'll meet her or something like that. Yeah. So Giselle then tells us that her whole life she's had these memories um, slowly regained over time about this mansion and this man that she loved. And she's never told anyone about it because it would seem crazy. But now that she, I think, is 21, like the same the same age, um, she comes to return to the site of the mansion to wait for him. And she, like, just knows that he's going to be there. And then the fucking credits roll. <laughs> To fake you out. Yep. Again. Again. Sec- second credit rolled in fucking Marvel Cinematic Universe motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the real credits. So, um, that's funny. And then, so then the real credits roll, and then at the end, the title card says, Don't worry, you don't have to wait any longer, Giselle. And we <laughs> get a beautiful CG. Michelle appears, and Giselle rushes into his arms, and we have this beautiful shot of them embracing. Um, their hair is everywhere. This is a this is an art style that loves hair, and <laughs> it's very sweet. It's a great picture. Of that. And Morgana's hidden in that hair somewhere. Don't worry, she's still <laughs> relevant. And uh, we get the the card uh, ending eight. Fata Morgana. Yep. Yeah. But we don't know uh, if the Morgana's like uh, question, like, "Oh, would you rather get with Michelle or have a or Giselle or have a dick?" Like, there's no resolution. There's no dick that, in the last scene. No, yeah. no visual confirmation. We don't know if Michelle has a dick or not. I'm just saying. I mean, she set it up, and then nobody nobody put that one down. We don't see the bulging erection. <laughs> God, we don't get the and then they <laughs> fucked title card. Um, so we do get a prayer for all of you sinners who need to go to church now. We get the Our Father, but instead of having that really like morose ending that it had in the opening cutscene, it ends with "Bestow upon their souls thy blessing," uh, which is still not the right words, but whatever, that's fine. Um, and and I get the impression that like. Because Morgana says that she's going to pray for Michelle and Giselle before she passes on, that, like, that was symbolically Morgana's prayer for them. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Also, get this. What if they do have a child, and that child is Morgana? What? No. That's crazy. 
That's too much. And two more kids, Georges and Didier. That you just you, you got all Anne Rice up in this. No, that would nope. be that would be what would happen in uh, like a real like bold and the beautiful. Like, they have a fifth child named Javi. Yeah, they have two children, Morgana and Javi, and it all comes full full circle. I thought you said Howie, and I'm like, wait, what character is that? Like, what? <laughs> That's my OC. We'll see them in the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> so Javi was so consumed that he split into two forms. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> What, that's that's the spin-off fanfic that I want is is what is Javi and like the adventures of Javi in the next life. <laughs> I think it would work as like a sitcom. He's just there in the background of all the other characters, like having these momentous scenes, and then he's just there like that's not so great. <laughs> he's in the classroom with Mel, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Does he get killed? I forgot. Yeah, he gets killed by Yukimasa. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Well, that's the end of that chapter. That's so did game. anyone else think it was kind of weird that apparently, like, Maria and Pauline were never, like, in the mansion despite being part of the reincarnation cycle? Oh, and I guess Nellie? Hmm? Well, I mean, Nellie is part of the reincarnation cycle. She's reincarnated. Yeah, but I mean, like, we didn't see their spirits in the... I guess they're, yeah, they're never, like, they're not trapped in the mansion, but they are sort of trapped in the cycle. I mean, like, Maria finds that writing in her own handwriting to be freed from the cycle, right? In her chapter, in in Jacobo's chapter, she, like, finds that writing that's like, curse them, but not me, and it's in her own handwriting. So maybe they just don't have physical forms. Or they're just off in another corridor and we just never see them. Maybe, Holograms. Like, the, the forces of fate just like continue to bring them back with those same guys in their lives because of Morgana's wish. Maria's probably just like, please, just any other guy. Please, I hate <laughs> this fucking guy. Yeah. Apparently, reincarnation works like gravity. Like you just get sucked into these black holes. That would suck. <laughs> like the toxic people in your life that you just you just keep getting stuck with them. But that seems like a curse, so yeah. Yeah. Probably the extended the extended curse, the extended cinematic universe. Um, so I guess before we get into final thoughts, did anyone see the ending of the extras after? I read Oren's uh, translation before we recorded. <laughs> that's from the book, that's not did, did you did anyone watch, did anyone watch the backstage um thing? I started watching it, but then you said it was bad and I stopped. <laughs> It isn't bad, it's just the the translation misses some stuff. I watched the extra scene for if you get all the endings. Yeah, I watched it too. There's, there's, a, there's a very short scene. Yeah. There. So it, um, we wait, we basically wake up um, in uh, sort of the same way as when we start. It, it's called the prologue. It, it, it's just like bef- before the game starts. Yeah. Um, and it's... Giselle sort of comes up and she says, she basically reflects on how nice the story of Giselle and uh, Michelle is. Um, Giselle is the maid. She, yeah, she is, she is the maid right now. She believes herself to be Morgana, and she is actually talking to Morgana, They believe, and she believes them to be one and the same person. And Morgana poses um, the question of, like, what would you do if you were Giselle? Um, and I forget what her answer was. Um, I don't remember either. I played, I played yeah. it like two weeks ago. 
I think it was that, like, uh, Giselle was was critiquing like that. Um, the story Giselle was, uh, you know, so faithful and and waiting all that time, but yeah, Morgana seems to have told her like the the fake chapter story. Yeah. So I think she she said if she were Giselle, she would wait for Michelle because that's what love is or something like that. It it wasn't super consequential, especially because we know what actually happens. But it was a little nice, uh, I guess, bookend of... Yeah, and, and then they say that, that someone is approaching the mansion. And yeah. It's Michelle coming back to the beginning of the game. And then the, the, the back... The, the backstage is still w- worth watching, even in English. It's still funny, and there's good stuff in it. Okay. Hmm. Still, have, still have some stuff that I, I want to look at then, about the making of and stuff, but... Um, the stuff from the book that you posted... Um, the, the thing that struck me as the best, the best thing that I've learned from reading that is that uh, Michelle's birthday is December 31st, which, like, of course it is. Yeah, so about that book, I mean, um, like I always do after finishing a game, just go and buy everything related to it that I can find. <laughs> so, so I bought, they released, after they released this game, they released um, uh, a book that's basically part art book, part com- creator commentary, very extensive creator commentary. Um, and it has everything. It has like diagrams of the mansion in every time period and family trees for all the characters. And the timeline that shows when, like, real-life events took place um, wow. relevant to to the stuff in the game. And then there are write-ups on, on every character and on, on the entire story of the game. Like, many, many pages just wrote comments about what they also thought about when, when they were writing the game. Wow. Um, so I'm reading that and I'm translating some of it. But it, it's a lot of text. It's the most I've ever seen written about, like, the creative process behind the Japanese game. Wow. You usually just don't see that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, that's really interesting. Are you going to make that translation available to anywhere, or are you just going to keep it to yourself like a dragon hoarding treasure? So I posted what... I, I just like translated the um, two character um, write-ups on Michelle and Giselle, and I posted it to your Discord, actually, to the VVVMC channel, so if anyone wants to... they can. That's right. I have a Discord where we discuss Visual Novel Book Club. How about that? Wow. You're welcome, Slow Beef. <laughs> <laughs> Come interact with the fans. We love interacting with fans. Post in the Discord. Sure. Honestly, like I if you want to interact with us, that's like probably I feel like we're more likely to look in there than anywhere else. That is the best way. Yep. And I might, I might post a link on my Twitter when I get more and get it more polished because it's currently in a really raw state. What, Twitter? No, it's always like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> ah. uh, other than the book, we should also probably mention the sequels to this game that are out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't really know anything about them, though, truthfully. So, Requiem to Incense is the, the one that's available on PC, on Steam. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm playing it right now, actually. I'm like a couple of hours in. Like right now, like as you're talking to us? No, but it did just before we started recording. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and that's um, a f- 
couple of um, short stories. The main one, the, the longest one, the one that's like 10 hours long or so, mm-hmm. is um, a really detailed um, version of Jacopo's story. Oh, great. Just so what I wanted. You actually get to learn everything that happened when he became the Lord and before that. And oh, the, not, not his chapter, but his... No, no. Okay. His, his, <laughs> his past with Morgana. And apparently people really like it. Uh, they say it's like the, the most complex character study in, in both games. Uh, oh, but wow. I, I'm just wow. a few hours into it. And it also has like um, a short story that takes place after the game ends in like the modern time, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and it's and, just George is being a real shit. Yeah. <laughs> and some other stuff. Um, and then there's the um, version that just came out on the PS4 and the Vita in English. Oh. And that has um, both actual games, like the, the the main game and the one they just talked about. And it also has another new chapter that's also like 10 hours long. Uh, that's all about um, like post end game. So if you want to know what happens with Giselle and Michelle, Ow. and if Michelle is a penis, I guess, I think that's how you get to know. <laughs> Yo, you want the dick? That's downloadable yeah. content. I that's don't know extra. for sure. I haven't actually got to it, got, got into it yet. But I guess if, it's, <laughs> this... if they tell you anywhere, that's where you get told. And yo, this ain't no microtransaction, wink. Oh, you guys are pissing off Jim Sterling like a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm looking at, like, the graphics because there's, like, much more anime graphics. Um, and everyone is in it. Giselle, Michelle, Morgana, Mel, Nelly. All the characters. All our favorite characters. <laughs> Gangs all year. Aw. I miss them, even though I, they're right here. <laughs> Whatever. Um. A good game! I yeah. thought yeah, so. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. Let's, let's, so, what did we love? What didn't we love? What was wonderful about this? Uh, I mean, overall, the the story was fantastic. I mean, if there was only yeah. one complaint I had, it would just be there weren't a lot of opportunities for interaction. Yeah, there's not a lot of choices in this. The branches are pretty pretty limited, mm. and that's like a that's like a tricky sort of criticism. Cause that's like one of those things too. You have to like kind of get into like I wonder if that would have helped or hurt it even. You know, it's great for us. It's great for this podcast. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. sure, yeah, no, that... <laughs> A-plus, in my opinion. Um. <laughs> oh, man. It, this this is really, like, I think... I don't know how how many other pieces of media I've interacted with that, like, so... Capture in such an excruciating... In such excruciating detail how difficult it is to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, like, the interesting thing, too. With, like, it, had, it added, like, a lot of hope... You know, to the, like, terribly hopeless situations, you know? Like, I really like that it was kind of like, you can handle anything, even, like, these extreme kind of situations. You know what I mean? Like, and talking's difficult and all that stuff. It's, like, a practical sort of, like, um, moral, I guess, for lack of a better term, or takeaway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the characters were were very complex and not you know they didn't just uh have you know they are good or they are bad you know they have a lot of a lot of bad things and some good sprinkled in there and i think that's they are very realistic in in that way and i 
Not mm. too many of the games that we've played so far, uh, I guess, deal with that uh, that level of humanity. It doesn't it doesn't flinch from it, um, and, oh. and like even though that makes the game really long and a lot of the scenes like very painful to to go through, like it doesn't turn away from any of it. It's like this is what it is to be alive. It sucks. <laughs> And and like everything sucks and people are horrible and like what do you do like what what do you how do you move forward and and I think it, the ending was was good in the way that like it's not like everything was repaired it was just like everybody let go of yeah. their baggage and moved forward and that is applicable to li- to all different kinds of things in life yeah I didn't really mention it but my favorite part of this game actually was. Um, Morgana at the end saying that you know she's not going to forgive them but she'll she'll let it go which is just such a powerful statement that and something that a lot of us don't learn is that like you don't have to forgive someone but you can let it go on and realize that they're not you know an extraordinary evil person that you can uh let them be a good person to other people. Yeah, or they are, like Yukimasa, and you have to let it go. <laughs> yeah, you just, just sort of have to accept that and realize that there are limitations. I mean, he was a good person to Pauline, yeah. yeah. But... And I think a big part of that is, like, you don't have to, you don't have to, like, make them, you don't have to, you don't, like, it, it hurts you if you continuously have to hold a grudge against somebody, mm-hmm. no matter what they did. Like, even if they did something horrific to you, like, you don't, like, holding on to that like forgiveness, like giving them absolution, is yeah. would be nice in an ideal circumstances. But you don't have to give them that. You just don't have to make it part of you anymore. Like letting that, letting go of that part is important. And that's like something people say, you know, a lot um, when you go through stuff, especially trauma and just really horrible things happen to you. But like this game really takes it to the extreme and is like, no, this is why. Like if you are feeling this way that you can't let go of something, like. Here it is in excruciating detail, like what people mean when they say that you have to move on. You have to move forward. You will be literally haunted in a mansion. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> literally, this will actually happen to you. I'll be a really cool mansion, but still unstuck from time. Mm-hmm. Big honkers, but still. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a downside. You don't want this for 700 years. You don't want to be looking at that same old stained glass window. That gets boring. Um, All the same also, books. <laughs> while we're joking, also this um, gives a very nuanced portrayal of an intersex main character that, like, I did not expect in any way, shape, or form to happen. Oh, yeah. Like, that, like, holy cow, this, that was a surprise. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, this is, I think, probably the first piece of media where a character has been explicitly intersex. Um, mm-hmm. And I I mean, I have nothing to compare it against, uh, but I I think it did a pretty nice job. Yeah, and and not even, like, the character happens to be intersex. It's, like, a part of the story and an important part of it. Yep, and it never feels gratuitous. I mean, uh, maybe little little moments, but like yeah. overall, it doesn't feel gratuitous. It doesn't feel like they're doing it just to like for shock value or to like make a point. It's like it's like no, this is who this character is, and yeah, that plays a big role in their life. But it also is it doesn't define them just on the basis of of you know genitals. Yeah, 
Yeah. And him wanting to be who he is and being born the way he is at the time that he was born is part of his tragedy. Well, I like to imagine also, like, Michelle and the guy from Sekiro, like, facing off against Yukimasa, and, like, Michelle will just talk through it, and that's, like, really <laughs> awesome. I gotta say it. <laughs> I don't know why I had to throw that in just now, but I did, okay? It's pretty great. <laughs> Michelle can probably be anybody's therapist now, right? Like, oh just, yeah, uh, in his sec- in his next life, he's probably like very compassionate, and like everybody is like, wow, you know, Michelle, you can talk to him about anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's like the cool like youth counselor that everybody's just like, oh, he's so good though, <laughs> and he has no idea. He's- <laughs> oh god, no, no, because he's no. very formal still. There's yeah. no, there's no way he's not still formal. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I, I was really impressed how how well this game handled not not just this but many like themes that you often don't see yeah. um, handled very well, especially in Japanese games. Things like sexual abuse mm-hmm. and emotional abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And and they handled them all really really well, like with an yeah. amazing amount of empathy and you know. Almost no creepy stuff. The worst thing I can mm-hmm. I can t- t- talk about this game is that the artist likes to draw women with big boobs. Uh, but that's <laughs> which I mean, what do you get to? Yeah. That's a well. I mean, that's a plus. Come on, now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there uh, are only so many artists for visual novels, and a lot of them like to draw women with big boobs. <laughs> also, you know, you got to cash them checks. You know, I mean. <laughs> You know what I'm imagining, too? Do you remember that, um, it's that, like, Missing Missy, that, like, sort of infamous kind of, like, meme story about the designer and the woman wants to keep, like, having him draw her cat, like, her missing cat for free? Do you know that one? Or no, I I'm looking it up that? now, though. It's very funny, and the, well, now the jo- it's not gonna, well, whatever. I mean, the crux of it is basically she wants him, this designer, to draw her missing cat for free, so he just screws with her and keeps drawing different stuff. So it's kind of like, can, like I can imagine the writer that's like, can you just draw Giselle without giant breasts? And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't. It's like, I, I don't know what you're talking My about, really. Slips. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, exactly. No, these are small breasts. That's how I see them. <laughs> <laughs> Size is a ma- It's a matter of perspective, okay? And let's talk it out. <laughs> these are the skinniest arms I could possibly draw. I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> anyways yeah I really love the uh, the emotional complexity of the story so uh, join us next season when we play fun bag fantasy <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean sorry. what else could we possibly play time. after this the best visual novel we played <laughs> other than fun bag fantasy this, which will be the new best <laughs> visual novel that we've ever played. I'm sorry, the that's full... That's a real one, full, right? Yeah, the, that's the side boob yeah, one we were real. joking about in our chat. Yeah, side boob story. And and the the art for it didn't even have any side boob. <laughs> no, it was, it was all top boob and bottom boob. And we're like, that's a, those are distinctly not the sides. Yeah, geez. Get it together. Fun bag fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we do that? No, 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 no. 
anyway. We're not doing that's, one back fantasy. That's your visual novel book club yeah. April Fool's Day episode. That'll be like a, a live, live one-off stream. Like, <laughs> you gotta pay us to do that. Weird Diva couldn't make it tonight because she was sick. Uh, but we're gonna stream this anyway. Hey, Polo Hoko, good to have you. Good to have you back for this season. Anyways, guess what we're playing? <laughs> oh yeah, I visual novel. <laughs> It'll be visual novel book club after hours. Oh my god. <laughs> That's when we're going to get the real ad money. <laughs> That's when HelloFresh will want us. Mm-hmm. So going out on the most positive note about this uh, visual novel, especially about the side boob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this game handles so much with empathy and everything. Anyway, it's it. So let's talk. All right. Anyway, sorry. So, um. What a good all game. All right. Yep. Yeah, thank. Huh? What a, it was what very a good like game. Good. Like, I, it's a very good uh, story. I gotta think, like, if I'm gonna evaluate, this is probably one of the best written ones, visual novels we've ever experienced. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure, right, yeah. This is a really, really well-written game. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, w- I was trying to think about it, I was having charged ju- uh, having trouble judging it, because we had uh, a handful that were just, like, intentionally silly, but... Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, this this was, uh, this was a roller coaster. yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say this is, like, the best one we've done. I don't. I don't. I don't even know what would be a close second. Uh, the Christine Love stuff. I think the yeah. yeah okay. It's also Analog, very well written, uh, but also like in terms of like like scope, like mm-hmm. this in terms of scope. Like I don't know if anything else holds a candle to it. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown, Christine Love. No. I'm um. <laughs> well, she's still. I mean, she's still got a. She's still making games. So who knows? That's fair. That's fair. Ah uh, man, what a good game though. I like. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like my life has been improved from having played this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... There's not a lot of games you can say that about. Of. No. Nope. Alright, well, I, I guess that's a season. Yeah. Well, thanks, right. for, thanks for riding it out with us, folks. And uh, I hope mm-hmm. that, you, that y'all all go and... I don't know, play the, after you've played this, play the, the DLC, play, you know, check out some of the extended stuff, because we're all going to do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to, do you want to give the folks a Fata good, Morgana? Good talk. I'm going to give them a little, uh, a little, uh, Fata Morgana. I don't know what you mean by that. Just a little, you know, just a little, uh, a little Fata Morgana. Fucking Fata Morgana. <laughs> I hope you enjoy my visual novel. <laughs> Thank you for playing my game. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. You coming here looking for a Fata Morgana from me? <laughs> the balls on you! <laughs> Why you gotta keep breaking my balls about the Fata Morgana? This is Jacobo and uh, Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I guess look out on the Twitter for what game we'll actually be playing next. Hmm. Or stop at our Discord. Not ours, Slowbeats, but you know. Slowbeats yeah, Discord. Whatever. He's there. It's I'm I don't mind sharing it. Whatever, you know. It can be our Discord. Unless we want to make a real Discord for us. I don't know. Whatever. Look, good just, night, folks. As long as it's yeah, not well, work. It's yeah, good, good enough night. for now. You check it out. Alright, good night, good night, good night. <laughs> bye bye. Good night. Uh, bye bye.